Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. There's so many people in this world who don't know whether they fit. They wish they fit, they want to fit, but they don't know where they fit. And especially as we come to this particular time of year where people contemplate divorce the most. And it's because they're not sure whether they fit with their spouse anymore. There are reasons that God has given to divorce someone, but however, most of the times when I investigate, the reasons haven't really happened. But, but the word, we don't fit anymore. And coming from a divorced home uh, or a blended family, one of the things you struggle to do is figure out how you fit. If you, maybe some other children come into the thing, I was happy to have a, have, have a stepfather, but you know, then you wonder when everybody else come around, where do I fit? And it's this constant fight. That might not be your story, but people wonder where they fit when other siblings come along. Where do I fit? You know, in the Roman days, one of the things that they would do is when someone had a baby, they would bring it before, after they, they cut the umbilical cord, they would bring it before the, the, the father and he would be able to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to whether the baby should fit in life and fit in society and have a place or whether their life should be extinguished. This, this, this idea of where I fit is a big deal because the Lord I serve, I would think has given everybody a place so why is it in our society and other societies up for grabs? I was watching as a child one of my favorite cartoons. I know we're in church and I know that certain things we're to keep in the secular world and not bring into the Christian world, but I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, there's Donner and Dasher. But see, my, my wife don't want me to do that, but I really want to go all the way to Rudolph. But, but I really want to go all the way to Rudolph so bad. Uh, but there was one, if you, if you look at the show, he had one show where they talked about the island of... They don't fit. Instead of Jack in the box, they had a Charlie in the box. They had a one-eyed Sally. The, all these things didn't fit, and I believe that we many times look at our human deficiencies, and we come to same, the same conclusions. We're in families, we're in different communities, seemingly functional, but deep inside, we just don't fit. And when we look at today's text in 1 Corinthians 12, and you can just pull it up, we're going to deal with this reality of how we feel and what did Jesus, perhaps did another group of people deal with the same thing, how did they get solved? And how do you become a family? How do you become a home? How do you affirm that you do fit? Is it even possible? Because we're so individualistic, we wonder this. So we'll turn 
Let's read together these first three verses. I'll say ready and read. Please read with power, diction, clarity. Ready, read. The body is composed of billions of cells. Your DNA is made up of billions of other. There are several systems that make up your body. They work together, but they work independent of one another. But they, to be a whole body, you need to function. Let's just take your skeletal system out and call you mushy man. Let's just call, take your... A respiratory system out and call you dead man. There's a lot of things that compose the body that are individual, but they need a collective identity for the body to function. And in the same way, the church is composed of all these individuals with individualized giftings that actually need each other to be a body of Christ and actually function. We all fit together. But the Bible says as we are fit together, let every joint supply what is meant to supply. That means you can fit, but you can just try to pull yourself away. We're all members of the same body. You are a member of a household. You know how it is in your household when you start going through that phase in life, whether adult or child, where you feel disconnected because somebody didn't celebrate you, somebody didn't see you, somebody, you begin to isolate, going to your own room, going to your own time, going to your own phone, going to your own iPad, going to your own friends. Now you're a member of the household, but you're sitting outside of the household. And instead of us all fighting against this, we just embrace it as reality. That we're going to kind of call ourselves together, but we're not going to be together. But we are members together in this, just like your body cannot function like that. The body of Christ, the home in Christ doesn't function like that. So what is the secret? Because the church in Corinth was gifted and anointed, but divided. They were gifted and sinful. They were gifted and full of factions and dissensions. What do you do? Well, he says we were all baptized in the same spirit. In other words, he's telling them the secret to the dysfunction within your church home, Corinthians, is to remember that you were baptized in one spirit. That Christ is the solution. You're, you, you, you don't have a solution without Christ. And I, and I just want to pause here to, to think about when they were baptized back then, it's like you surrendered every other identity you have and embraced your identity in Christ. You're, you're surrendering, like the text goes on to say, Jew or Gentile. You're surrendering slave 
or, or free. You're surrendering your, your ethnic identity, your socioeconomic status. You're surrendering that all to be identified with Christ. He baptizes us into one body and he makes us one people and he makes us function as one man that we can think the same thing and speak the same thing and there be no divisions among us. We be perfectly joined together. How can he take people who are not blood relatives, push them together into a spiritual family and say, y'all simply fit. You fit here. You don't have to worry about it. You fit here if you're divorced. You fit here if you're adopted. You fit here because you've been saved by grace. You fit here whether you're big or small. You fit here with all of your differences. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that just kind of strange? When have you seen free people and slaves function together? It would, it, it, it's amazing to me that the text did not say, and God set the slave free and then put them in the church and made the previously free people and the newly free people all one. He said, no, 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 while they were a slave. And their status was weakened in humanity. He says, in me, with me, I can take the person that is a slave and the person is free and make them family and make them an example to the world and make the world want what they have. Even if I did not change their status, they become believers and brothers and sisters together. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, Pastor Jim, I want my status. Hey, as a minority in this country, I want all the rights. Everything, I want to tell you, I want all the rights. I want all the benefits, but I do not want all the rights and benefits independent of what Christ is or has done or how he has made me to be in a multi-ethnic, multi-generational family. Society changes. Some people on top one time, other people on bottom. But when we're a family, we're always on top in Christ. We're always on top in Christ. This reminds us. So I want to tell you something today. Listen to this real good. Being a member of this family, being in Christ simply means this. this is, you know who you are and this is why you fit. Look at somebody on your left on your right and simply say, you fit. You fit. Now there are going to be moments when you make, there's going to be moments when you make that declaration. Tell, tell me. There's going to be moments when you make that declaration that something comes up and makes you feel opposite of what God just said and what you're going to do about it. Verse 15 says, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it less a part of the body. You might be saying in here, a foot is nasty. A foot is stinky. A foot is covered up. Everybody's walking on the foot. Why would I want to be the foot? The hand gets more prominence. I don't like my position. I don't like my identity. I don't like how I was made. And, and, and I couldn't fit in here because if I fit in here, I would have fingers instead of toes. 
And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, and my movie that came out, the eye was not celebrated. I do not belong to the body. That would not make me less a part of the body. If the whole body was an eyeball, you would be scared. If the whole eye, body was an eyeball, everybody would be looking. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, we would be ugly. It ain't shaped right to be looked at all the time like that. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body, okay, uh, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. See, this is a different, difficult thing. You're all gifted differently. Pastor Dave preached an amazing message last week. If you did not hear it, go back to our Bethel website and the podcast and listen to it. And he talked about our giftedness. He talked about the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. It's not individual gifts, it's just the Spirit's manifestation of a gift that's in you. Not God just in you, but God upon you. He began to say word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of the spirits, great faith, miracles, uh, healings, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And you might be saying, I like all of that stuff, but, but I think what happens to people is we identify who we think is most gifted or what we think is the best gift and we diminish who we are and we celebrate who they are and we say, I don't fit because I'm not like them. You, you know, what's the best gift? The Bible says desire or covet earnestly the best gift. What's the best gift? You, you, the, Christian, you was in the last service. That was off. <laughs> the best gift is the one you need at the time. That's the best gift. It's not prophecy. It's not tongue. If, not Paul, if the best gift was tongues, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. But I'd rather not speak in tongues, and I'd rather speak one word in this intelligible speech. Why are you comparing? The Bible says to compare yourself with somebody else is not wise. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows exactly who you are. And exactly where you come from. You know what? And, and, and we just got to deal with it. He makes us in all shapes and all sizes. You got to get over body image stuff. Because back in the day, sometimes they, they wanted people bigger and they were celebrated because they were considered healthy. Then it became really skinny. Then it became augmentation. Then, but you never get satisfied. You got to look in your, the mirror and you know, you know, you just got to look and say, you know what, I'm fine. I'm a creative and I'm fine. You, don't, you can't just keep looking every day and say, you know, I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, if I could just change that. If God could just. You can't do that. You, you're talking about his creation. Don't do that. 
And I know. And I can, I can talk about being big because I can tell you some of my weights. A lot of y'all have been trying to figure out if you fit simply because you went in your closet this morning. And you know the outfit you got on wasn't your first choice. <laughs> it's the truth. It wasn't your first, this ain't my first choice. This is like third. I tried on a few things, and this is what fit. I fit. Somebody say, oh, he really, no, this chose me. I didn't choose it. When I was out, I just got this great illustration. I said, uh, Pastor Phil Bonasso, one of the co-founders of our Every Nation Church in the Movement, he, he had a bunch of the pastors together, and we were doing some leadership stuff. It's, you know, 50 pastors. And we were in California, so we were doing an activity together. We were going to go to Disney. What's that? Land or world? Land. Disneyland. And one of the most famous rides at Disneyland is Space Mountain. All right, Space Mountain. Space Mountain. And so we got up there to get in the Space Mountain ride. <laughs> and, and all the people going in, and, 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 and all of a sudden the lady said, hold, hold the ride, hold the ride, because my, my bar wasn't coming down. <laughs> and they said, they said, hold the ride. It's, it's car five, car five, it's a problem, car five. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Sir, you don't have to get out, you know, and I, so they went on a ride, and, and, then, and then this little girl comes to me. She said, hi, we need, we need all of our guests to feel like they fit, they, they, they can, so we're going to train you how to get into the car, because we want you to ride. <laughs> so, so, they brought me over to the special car, it's just sitting there, it ain't on a track, and it was... <laughs> Teach, teach me how to get in. She said, and she said, what? She said, this is called the mermaid. She said, just put your, put your legs, both your legs out to the side. And you know, just, that didn't work. <laughs> then she said, now, she said, she said, here you go. Crisscross applesauce. That didn't work. And then, so at this point, she said, she said, I'm going to take you, this is what she said, I'm going to take you over to the bigger car. And she said, you got to try all these techniques. I get in the bigger car, and all of the pastors were standing around. They, now they're videoing me. I'm like, this is wrong. These people are not spiritual. They are not filled with the spirit. They are not making me feel good at all. They feel this going to end up on YouTube or something like that. So no matter how much I tried, it didn't work. And then Pastor Morgan Stevens, yes, I'm calling out his name. He came, he used to be at this church. He came up to me and he kind of patted me on my shoulder. He said, you know what? You didn't fit in that car, but you do fit with us. Yeah. No, it didn't make me feel good. I mean, it's just, it was just true. But you know what you can't do? You can't walk away from awkward moments with the conclusion, I don't fit. I was just providing the joy for the ride. 
What I went through was far better than the Space Mountain ride all by itself. They laughed for weeks. You say, in this text, you say, I don't fit because of what and who I am not. But I want to say, you do fit. You do fit. I, I just, because I don't want to lose this point, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 through 30. I'm going to read it to you. Just listen to it, but put it up on the screen. But let me read it to you. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? I want you to say no. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Just because you don't have the same gift as somebody else does not mean you do not fit. Yes, you can ask God for the gifts you want, but you might not be a tongue talker in a church that talks in tongues, but you don't have to feel like you don't fit in the body or that you are weird. You might be a tongue talker who needs to learn to appreciate the stoic gifts in the church because we don't just talk in church uh, tongues here. We don't just sit in stoicism here. All of it's welcome here because all of it is a part of the body. The foot, the hand, the eye, the ear. You need it all to be functional. So you speak in tongues, I want you to speak under your breath as much as you want. Unless you got an interpretation that can benefit everybody. And if you don't, and you, you some of the greatest intercessors I know don't speak in tongues. But the Bible just said that everybody don't do it. Now it's available to you. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to do it. But we don't have to despise the people who get fiery versus the people who get stoic. They all fit here. You fit. You fit. Let's go to this final point. Y'all read verse 21 to 25 for me. So wait. So the first verse was looking at who others were to figure out how they contrast and compare to you to figure out how you didn't fit. Now you can't think who you are and say, you know what? I can't fit with them because my real jam is I like to do it this way and I like to do it that way. God didn't put you with 100% people who do everything like you do. If you want to go to, you want to be in the healing room all the time, you're going to be in a room with 10 people that goes to five that explodes to a hundred, that goes to five, stays at five. Because once everybody gets healed, you, you, that's, you need more than that. 
You can't do it like that. It don't fit because of who I am. My ethnicity, oh, it don't fit. My culture, oh, it don't fit. My age, oh, it don't fit. The church is not for our age. Church is ages, everybody here. Contrary, I just did the statistic. We are a completely balanced church. Because everybody, you know, everybody gets something else in their, their eyes. Complete, everybody's here. Young, old, single, married, everybody's here. Now, it's a few more women than men. We need to, you know, men, come on. <laughs> God bless. Read 22. Read. You can't get to the point where you get a superiority complex because you're gifted. I, I know this is going to sound, just because I am the primary preacher, teacher, pastor here does not mean I'm the most significant person here. I'm sorry. I believe that our, that our eldership, our team, and then who everybody else is in the body, it takes three, four hundred volunteers to pull off Sunday. It takes... It's just, you can't, you can't, you, we, we don't, we don't need to celebrate one person. You know, D David Jordan, are you in here? David, stand up, David. I'm sorry to bother you, but it's, it's that kind of service. David had, Dave had, my man had a heart situation. And then no stand up day. And I thought to myself, he got, he was, his motive, one of his motivations, you tell me from one day, was to get strong so he can get back out into the parking lot and serve, serve Jesus. What are you doing? Now watch this, I'm going to show you that, just why you, why would I stand him up and honor him? Because the statistic is that while people maybe come for a pastor or stay for a pastor, we know that's the statistic, the first person that greets them determines whether they even coming into the building. So how people even get into this room is through that gift that's never up here. It's out there. Thank you, David. So I celebrate him. I just want to say, Rick, Rick and Tracy Layman are here. T Tracy, I didn't even know. Tracy, raise your hand so they can see you. Come on, all the way up here in the front. I know you don't want to do it. You've been here 18 million years. How many years you been at this church? 30, you've been here 35 years. Yep, that's about it, 36, 5, 37. The point is, turn around so the people can see you and enjoy you. I know you don't like it. When we open, you know, you don't just say, oh, we want to do baptism. Somebody got to get the gowns, the towels, teach the class, clean up after, love on you. And who's, as a volunteer at our church, doing that? Trace, you're not going to see her and her husband come up front. You know we do the baptisms. It's a team. And see, here it is now. It's the team that does this. You don't even want to be singled out. Thank you, Tracy, for what you do. Why? Why does he do this? Let's conclude this sermon with seeing why. 
Verse 25. The thing that the Corinthian church had was giftedness and division. The thing that they couldn't figure out is how to be gifted and not divided. And it starts by understanding there's no big I's and little U's. And I know it's in the human condition to celebrate the people that's up front, but the scripture says we need no celebration. And you know I like a good celebration of myself. This is a, it's a human thing. It's might as well tell the truth. I like it. But the Bible says I don't need it. So might as well get that out there. I celebrate you. And the Bible said when we celebrate each other like that, he said it'll end division. And it'll cause the body to care for each other and believe in each other. You fit. And you cannot say, my last point was simply, you cannot say I don't fit because of who I am. Because he makes sure you fit. He makes sure. I am not strong enough in a church context to make a church fit together. It is not my skill, but it is the skill of God, the Holy Spirit, to knit our hearts together. Holding your family together is not your skill. You have to invite Jesus Christ in and he can hold your family together. When you feel like a misfit, and you're fussing and arguing, trying to prove your point, you only need to invite God, the Holy Spirit, in, and he'll help you understand you fit. And I, I want us to kind of end this sermon ministering to one another. Just, just turn and get you a partner, even if it's somebody you don't know. It doesn't even matter. It's, it's almost better if you don't know the person. Look at him and say, I want you to know Jesus says, you fit. Say, you fit in your family. Look at them. You fit in the church. You fit in this community. You fit in my life. Tell them, even if you feel like you don't fit. Say, even if you feel like you don't fit, you fit. You fit. Tell them, look at me. Look in my eyes. You fit. I get awkward. You fit. Stand to your feet. Ministry team, come down. Now, I can imagine in a message like this, you feeling like I hear the words, but I don't know how to practically fit in. I believe what he said, but it still felt like for them, the special ones or not me. But I'm telling you, today is your day. You're at home. You're at home. You fit. And there'll be a temptation. You might be saying, I don't know my giftedness. I don't know what it is. Guess what? We actually can pray for you and God can reveal that supernaturally right up here. He, he can do, that's what he does. 
I walk up to people all the time. I say, do you know who you are? God, just show me. Sometimes you need that help. Sometimes you need the encouragement of another person that I just walk, walk, worked with in the last service. We're walking through baptism. And they were saying, well, you know, I got baptized when I was young, but I didn't understand what it means. And then something is telling me I need to get rebaptized. And we walk through that. Some of you need to kind of walk through that with somebody. You're gifted. So I'm going to let her sing. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to let her sing for one minute. And then I'll, while she's singing, just come if you need prayer. If you want to figure out you're gifted. If you want to get baptized. You want to figure something out, whatever you need prayer for. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. I bind up every satanic and demonic force that would try to prevent them from seeing what you're saying about them that they fit. I rebuke the spirit of division and divisiveness in the name of Jesus and I pray that the power of Almighty God will hit this place and the manifestation of the spirit and his gifts would be here. That there will be enough giftedness to connect the person that's unconnected uh, or that's disconnected. God, do a supernatural work. Even when the song is just being sung for a minute, stir the heart, stir the mind to come get their gift and receive their place in Jesus' name.